This is podcast. Hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. Uh, today, I am going to be talking about 2021 uh, in terms of movies, both uh, movies coming out and just the state of the movie industry in general. And with me, I'm joined once again with my good friend, Roxy. How are you doing, Roxy? Hey, Colton. I'm doing great today. That's good. That's good. So, uh, we're recording this episode the day before Thanksgiving. So, real quick, I want to ask you, do you have any, like, despite COVID, do you have any big, like, Thanksgiving plans or anything like that? Not really big plans. I'm just, I'm going to see my parents and then probably make a, a tofurkey. <laughs> Nice, nice. That's cool. Yeah, I don't really have any big plans either. Just uh, dinner with like immediate family. Uh, nothing mm -hmm. like too extravagant or anything like that. So, but uh, today, uh, like I said before, we're going to be talking about uh, 2021 for films in general, both with how it'll be for the film industry and also uh, just movies coming out in general. So, uh, Roxy, are there any, like, films coming out uh, in 2021 that are either still scheduled to be coming out in 2021 or have been postponed to that year that you're really looking forward to? I mean, in 2021, I mean, definitely. I've been, like, looking for the, forward to the remake of Candyman for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard yeah. about that. I'm not a big mm -hmm. horror fan myself, and I've never actually seen... The original uh, Candyman, but I don't know. It looks interesting. I think Jordan Peele, who wrote the script and produce as producing it, is extremely talented. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, I'm just like a big fan of his horror movies, so yeah, I'm really excited to see that one. I know I was really looking forward to the Black Widow movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big Marvel fan, yeah. and uh, I'm really looking forward to Black Widow as well. Yeah. And then um, the new Jurassic World, but that's not going to come out until 2022, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's not going to come out for quite a while. And that yeah. can be delayed again if COVID continues to be around for a while. Yeah, and it's hard to even tell, like, when they're coming out because they keep pushing them back further and further. Yeah, well, I think with the Jurassic uh, Worlds, I think it's called Jurassic World Dominion. I think with that one, uh, mm -hmm. they have been shooting, actually, in New Zealand, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if they okay. uh, were shut down uh, or not, because they were. They did resume shooting on the Batman, which is also now scheduled to come out 2022, but they uh, shut down uh, production on that one briefly because of uh, Robert Pattinson getting COVID. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I'm just like... Uh, of course. When I heard Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman, I was so excited. Yeah, I think he's a really good actor, I, and I think that he'll do a really good job, and I really liked that uh, trailer. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. What about you? What are you looking most forward to? So, I'm going to try to name films that are not, like, really big, like, blockbuster films that, like, everybody's talking about. So, there's the obvious yeah. ones. There's the obvious ones, like, uh, like we mentioned, Black Widow, uh, another Marvel film, Eternals, uh, Matrix 4, uh, the James Bond film, No Time to Die, uh, Quiet Place Part 2. These are films that, like, everybody has been talking about, really. And 
So I'm going to try to mention films that are a bit more obscure coming out in uh, 2021. But the first one I'm going to mention is another like kind of big blockbuster film coming out that a lot of people are talking about. I was really looking forward to seeing Dune, uh, which was supposed to come out in uh, on December 18th, but then it got pushed back to October 5th of next year. It has an all-star mm -hmm. cast with uh, Timothy Chalamet leading it, and I really love the uh, director, uh, Denis Villeneuve, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I really like this cast, and I really like the concept of the book, and I, I, I also liked the trailer, and so I'm really looking forward to Dune. I am bummed that I'm not going to be able to see it uh, this year, but uh, come October 5th, if it's safe enough, I'm buying a ticket for opening night and sitting in the front row. Yeah, Dune's going to be very interesting. I love a classic sci-fi. I think I read a bit of the book, like, years ago, and it's like, so yeah, that's going to be exciting. And Timothy Chalamet, love him. Yeah, yeah, he's a great actor. Oscar <laughs> Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Yeah, fantastic Bowen. cast. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it's a really great cast, and, uh, and many of them have worked with Dindy before, so, I mean, no wonder that, that they signed up for this movie. But, uh, but more uh, obscure films that not as many people are talking about that I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch, which also will feature uh, Timothy Chalamet, and as well as Wes Anderson regulars like Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, and uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, that one as well. I really like Wes Anderson a lot, especially Rushmore, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Moonrise Kingdom, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what, the, what wackiness, zaniness is in store for us with the French Dispatch. Yeah, honestly, I'll watch anything that Wes Anderson directs. I just, sets and costumes, <laughs> definitely my jam, so, and, like, he excels at that. Oh, so yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And mm -hmm. uh, two more films I'll talk about is, well, I have a whole list of films <laughs> that I'm really looking forward to, but, like, three more films. I'll mention is uh, an A24 film called The Green Knight, which uh, that I'm a big fan of A24 as a studio. They've made some of my favorite films in recent memory, like Moonlight, Hereditary, and Eighth Grade, and Uncut Gems. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, their, uh, a, their a fantasy film from them, The Green Knight, which is based off of an old tale of... Uh, one of Arthur's knights, uh, Sir Gawain, who goes to... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I'm not it's sure... It's Gawain, actually. I, oh, it's pronounced Gawain? Yeah, Sir Gawain. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good with pronunciations, as you guys can tell, but... Yeah, no, that's like, okay, me neither. Yeah, it's like, I don't know exactly the whole tale, but I'm, I confess I'm mostly just excited for it because it's A24. And rarely does A24 let me down yeah. in movies. Yeah, their stuff has been great. But, like, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I've read that um, one before. I can't, I can't remember the story exactly, but I, I'm, I would definitely be excited to see that. I, I'm pretty sure I've read it, too. I just can't really remember, <laughs> like, everything about what it's about. 
But uh, another yeah. film that I'm really looking forward to seeing is uh, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. So his next film, Last Night in Soho, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. I'm a big fan of his work, uh, his uh, comedic work, uh, but I'm looking, but I'm interested, intrigued to see how he'll do uh, in a straight up like horror genre. I'm not really familiar with that one. I haven't heard of that one yet. Are you familiar with Edgar Wright's uh, work at all? Not really, no. You 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 might you might have seen one of his films. It's just that you probably didn't know that it was him. Uh, he made Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hot Fuzz, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, like I'm familiar with Scott Pilgrim, and that's pretty much it. Like my interest in it was mostly based off the comic book. I love the film though, just well, like he, aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. yeah but well, Edgar like, Wright is a director of Scott Pilgrim, and usually his films yeah. are. Uh, comedic, but Last Night in Soho is going to be a straight-up uh, horror film, which uh, which will star uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Witch and The uh, Queen's Gambit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love her. I watched The Queen's Gambit recently. <laughs> it's it's a lot better than I thought it was going Fantastic. to be. Fantastic. And uh, one last film I'll mention is uh, th this film is coming out a lot sooner than the other films I've mentioned. It's uh, from director Lee Daniels, who also did uh, Precious and the Butler. It's called The United States mm -hmm. versus uh, Billie Holiday. And uh, it's about uh, Billie Holiday. And basically, yeah. uh, basically, she has an affair with a... Um, I forget, like, I think he's an FBI agent or something like that. Um, Jimmy Sullivan, I forget. I forget the name, but... I think Lee Daniels is a very uh, interesting director, and uh, I've been hearing like early like Oscar buzz about the movie, and it's a film that like I've heard a little bit of Oscar buzz, but like basically all of my friends, or at least the ones I, that I talk to regularly about movies, have not even heard of it, and I don't know. I keep hearing from like critics and whatever that this is going to be like a big like Oscar movie, and it, and it, it's about Billie Holiday and uh, the actor from, uh, one of the actors from Moonlight who played the older version of Sharon. He plays, like, the FBI agent, and it's apparently, like, this, mm -hmm. like, dark comedy slash, like, but mostly a heavy drama kind of film. And, and apparently it features, like, uh, a really incredible breakout performance from non-actress Andra Day, I think, who plays Billie Holiday. Yeah, that sounds good. Like, he's such a good director. Like, everything he does is really good, so... And it's already got Oscar buzz, so, like, that's... I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. That that one, um, yeah. United States vs. Billie Holiday, that one's coming out in, like, February, I think. So, mm -hmm. I don't know, like... So, yeah, I, I think... I don't know, like, if that date will stick. I, it probably will, because... Theaters, I mean, theaters are starting to close again, but they there are some that are still open, and so like the the Crudes two, uh, the Crude sequel, and that uh, Vince Vaughn body swap uh, movie Freaky have been all been released in theaters mm -hmm. recently. So yeah, so like I have a feeling that uh, there's going to be some theaters that are still going to stay open, and films like the United the United States versus Billie Holiday and other, like, films that uh, studios are going to want to get Oscar uh, attention are going to be released in 
January and February because the uh, Oscars Academy has decided to extend the criteria for uh, films considered for the upcoming um, Oscar ceremony. Like usually it's just straight up from like, for example, like, like usually at the Oscars, it'll just be from like January to uh, December of, of last year. But because of COVID, they extended it where it's like at the next Oscars, films in consideration are from January 2020 to February of 2021. Where usually it would be yeah. just until December 2020, but they extended it because of, you know, COVID. COVID, but, uh, man, affecting everything like a lot <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it it i'm 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 really tired of covid and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to when things go back to normal which will hopefully be sooner than later uh, i don't think it's going to go back to normal until like probably like mid to late 2021 though because you still have a lot of people like you know not being that careful but but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, all these films that are scheduled to come out in 2021, like the ones we've mentioned, and also other films like Matrix Four, Mission Impossible mm-hmm. Seven, Shang Chi, also another Marvel film. Uh, all these films, I hope that they're able to stick with their uh, current release dates. But I don't know; they might get uh, delayed again. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but um, uh, and uh, but speaking of which, uh, I want to ask you: uh, Do you think that uh, so? Do you think that all these films will actually like their that re- their release dates now? I mean, they've been postponed already, but do you think that they'll be postponed again, or do you think that the quote unquote new release dates will actually stick for once? Honestly, I think at least a good percentage of them are gonna get postponed again because like some of the ones we talked about are like still in production and the production's like been halted and like with cases just rise like continuously rising and like um things where like actors on sets are catching things and like writers only being able to meet through zoom and stuff it's um it's definitely affecting it i like that they have like a window i'm just i'm not believing any dates thus far (laughs) yeah unless they're like have it ready and they're like we're gonna release it on streaming and then like because there's a possibility that like cases are gonna go up and we'll go back into like a strictly imposed quarantine and theaters are gonna have to close again I, yeah. I keep hearing that uh, as much as I like the theater uh, viewing experience, I keep hearing that uh, Black Widow is going to uh, be just straight uh, released onto Disney Plus. And on, if they did mm-hmm. that, honestly, I wouldn't be that mad about it because at this point, I just need, I just want a new film, you know? I wouldn't be upset if Disney Plus just like released. Black Widow just straight to streaming, but what, the way that they released Mulan, they released it, and then you had to pay an extra $30. I really just hope to they watch don't do it. that. was, yeah, I really hope they don't do that with Black Widow, too. I really hope they don't. Yeah, I hope they don't either, but, like, what is it, like, Christmas Wonder Woman's gonna just be released on, um, 
what is it, HBO? It's it's both actually. It's on Christmas. Uh, okay. Wonder Woman uh, 1984 is going to be released uh, in theaters and HBO Max. And, uh, <laughs> and also on Christmas, uh, the next uh, Disney Pixar film, Soul, is going to be released uh, straight to Disney Plus. Thankfully, with no extra price tag though, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, they learn from Mulan that no one likes that. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully they'll learn the same with like Black Widow too. And and on, but honestly, mm-hmm. like I'm surprised that like I'm I'm glad, but also surprised that Disney is releasing Soul for quote unquote free on Disney Plus because uh, you know yeah. Soul is you know Soul is a movie where you know like Pixar is such a big like brand like marketable brand and uh, basically like. Uh, like like what Pixar is kind of a rarity in Hollywood because they're all like original stories and yet they sell really well because of the, the Disney and Pixar name, and so Soul would have done really well in theaters, uh, like most Pixar films do, but uh, I so so I so like I thought that I mean and I'm not the only one. There are probably like. A lot of people who thought that, oh, if Soul gets released in Disney Plus, they'll probably do a price tag on it, just like with Mulan, because Mulan costs like $200 to make. But, yeah. and, and Soul also was pretty expensive movie to make, but now nah, they're releasing it for quote unquote free on Disney Plus because you still have to pay for Disney Plus. But honestly, like, I'm pleasantly surprised that Disney did that. And uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Soul. Uh, and Wonder Woman, I guess, uh, on uh, streaming directly because I'm not risking going out to the theater to see Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not going to go out to theaters for, again for a while, and I, I don't typically have any, like, problem with streaming. But, like, you said before you were, like, a fan of the theater-going experience, and, I mean, I like it too, but honestly, I don't see a lot of movies in theaters, and I think that's a... This is a, might be a slight diversion. How do you think, like, just in general, this whole, like releasing it on streaming versus uh, uh, theaters is like affecting like the movie experience? So me personally, I usually prefer watching a movie, at least a new movie, in a theater. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy seeing it on the big screen with the surround with the surround sound and discussing the film with uh, fellow like people in the audience in the theater afterwards. Like, regardless of whether it's a big blockbuster like Avengers Endgame or the uh, A24 horror film The Lighthouse with uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, both of those movies, I was so impressed by both movies from, uh, from a visual and or entertainment standpoint. And then afterwards, I would talk to, like, the fellow, uh, you know, my fe- uh, other people in the theater about it. Like, after seeing Avengers Endgame, we would all talk about how cool it was when, uh, when you know, like, uh, Cap picked up uh, Thor's hammer or, you know, like, oh, that Easter egg or, oh, that Easter egg. And after seeing The Lighthouse, I was the only, I'm pretty sure I was the only one in the theater who liked the movie. So I talked to everybody else and they were like, wow, this movie was terrible. And I was like, oh, I liked it. And with, you know, if I'm watching a movie at home just on streaming, it's either just going to be me by myself watching it on my laptop or uh, with my uh, parents on my on like the Samsung TV that we have now 
granted, it's a nice TV, but it's just, it's not as impressive, like, image quality as a theater projector. So, me personally, mm -hmm. I prefer the theater-going experience, but I also know to be, you know, really careful and, uh, you know, not, like, you know, I don't want to bring anything home to my family, and I... I, I have, and e when, even when theaters opened, you know, I haven't really, like, gone out at all, and I don't plan on it uh, anytime soon. Like, I'm willing to uh, sacrifice, uh, just, I'm willing to just see movies, like, straight on streaming, rather than go out to theaters now, even though they have reopened. But overall, like, if, like, when it's safe to do so, I will definitely be going back to the theaters again. Like, like, for example, like, let's say that the virus is eradicated in July of 2021, and then they release um, a film in August, both in streaming and in theaters, like what they're doing with Wonder Woman, I'm going to choose the theater. When it, but only when it's safe to do so. Like, if it, like if it was safe right now, and uh, Warner Brothers released Wonder Woman the same way, both on streaming and in theater, I would go to the theater. But because I don't fully trust to go to a theater, I'm choosing to watch Wonder Woman on streaming, even though that's really a theater movie. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I don't really have a problem with streaming. Like, I get it. Like, something like Wonder Woman is going to be big. It's going to be colorful. You're going to want to watch it yeah. in a theater. It's going to be, like, made to see in a theater. But at the same time, it's like, especially with COVID, like the streaming is going to be much more accessible. And I like, don't have a problem with it in general, <laughs> even no matter how much I'd want to see Wonder Woman in a theater, because Wonder Woman would be something I definitely would have wanted to see in a theater. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I def like I said before, I definitely would prefer to see Wonder Woman in a theater with fellow people who would probably cheer and clap at the same, like, cool action scenes or whatever, but, you know, like, I, I want to be safe, and, you know, I'm choosing to see, you know, like, Wonder Woman and uh, all these other movies uh, in, on streaming, like, uh, what's it called, like, uh, in pre, like, last year, I tried really hard to watch uh, Irishman and Marriage Story in a theater, because uh, I wasn't able to, but I tried really hard to, uh, because, you know, like, uh, well, even though that they were coming on Netflix only, like, a couple of weeks later, just uh, seeing those movies uh, in a theater with fellow uh, cinephiles, fellow film lovers, uh, would be a very uh, awesome experience for me, not just because both films are great, but also because I could have like, like, uh, really, like, not, like, intellectual, but really, I guess, thought-provoking in terms of, like, film as a language, uh, conversation about said films with, you know, fellow film lovers, fellow cinephiles. I know what I just said didn't make sense at all, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to get at. No, I kind of get it. It's like, um, you're talking about like film like for example yeah like experience like for example like yeah. last year like like irishman and marriage story 
were released in select theaters first, and then mm -hmm. a couple weeks later to straight to Netflix. And this year, they're doing the same thing with movies like Mank and uh, directed by David Fincher and uh, the, what's it called, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is Chadwick Boseman's final film. They're mm -hmm. releasing in select theaters and then a couple weeks later, straight to Netflix. Last year, I tried really hard to watch in a theater, but I wasn't able to due to like scheduling conflicts, money, all that stuff. But this year, even though I have an opportunity to watch it in a theater, I'm not going to. I'm just going to wait until it goes straight to streaming for the sake of, you know, being healthy and not bring anything home. Yeah. Because even though I would prefer to watch these types of movies in a theater, I want to, you know, be safe. But there, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to go out well, maybe not a lot, but there are some people out there that are willing to go out to a theater and risk it. I'm just not one of those people. Yeah, me yeah. neither. Yeah, but um, but kind of changing the subject. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think you you mentioned before that like productions are starting to shut down again. Uh, like The Witcher season two, uh, Batman. You know, actors, uh, crew members on both those productions and other productions have gone COVID and stuff. Uh, do you think that a lot of productions will be able to uh, continue, uh, like, next year? Or do you think that there's just going to be more, like, oh, you know, like, this actor got COVID, uh, this crew member got COVID, so they had to shut it down and all that? I think there might be a lot of that for a while. And, like, there's productions where they have, like, people wearing masks and stuff. Like, oh, there was a new show on what is it, ABC, what's it called, um, is it The Bench, or, it's a legal drama where they, like, filmed it, but they have all the actors wearing masks. Oh, like, um, they, like, like, they purposely set the time period into, like, current, like, the current time, so that, yeah, they would be, so that the actors and characters would be wearing masks. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's on, it's a network television show. It's like it's a stars a judge, and they're just doing like this whole season. It just takes place in like modern times, and like uh, the actors and the characters are wearing masks. They're doing that with a bunch of so shows. it's like 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 Superstore and yeah. us. There, they just decide to you know set it you know in modern times where at Superstore they have the yeah you know Amer uh, America Ferrera and other actors just wearing masks. They have. Like, you know, This Is Us, they referenced the pandemic and all that. And there, there are, you know, some people that, like, aren't happy with that. Like I, like, I have one friend on Facebook who literally, like, posts on Facebook that, like, oh, he goes to watch, like, movies and shows to avoid thinking about the pandemic, and now he's being reminded of it, and that annoys him. I think, like, you could watch different things to avoid the pandemic like anything that's taking place in modern times is gonna like affect the modern times like superstores in particular highly discusses current events and like current social issues so i don't see what like them avoiding covid would be weird <laughs> yeah I, I, honestly um, i i could see it both ways but, you know i guess i could i understand what you're yeah. getting at but i could also understand his perspective a little because there are definitely, like, shows and stuff that, like, I, that, like, I'm trying to 
watch that you know i'm okay with like watching something that addresses the pandemic a fictional piece of um media that addresses the pandemic but most of the media i watch lately uh because it's very stressful times and all that stuff i just want to watch something that'll kind of distract me from, from reality so i could un- kind of understand it both ways yeah yes i get it it's just I think I find it, what I find weird is like having a production, something that's going to be like big and involve like a lot of people from a bunch of like different places where they can't really quarantine and like a movie or a TV show like still being made. I like obviously I want more movies and TV shows to be made. I just am not sure it's like super appropriate to be working saying this being like in an essential industry where I go to work every day but I think like there's still media being made that are that are more like singular kind of like podcasts and YouTube or like any kind of production where it's like a small amount of people kind of thing I think that's more practical so that's where my kind of issues with that come in like even if like everyone's wearing masks and stuff it's like how are they doing it they're still like getting like hair and makeup done and doing like read-throughs and big groups i don't know so so just so just to make sure uh are you saying that i could be misunderstanding what you just said but are you saying that in your opinion there should be more like uh singular or like online only stuff and less like uh, meet in person uh, productions of big movies or shows. Is 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 that is are you saying that there should be more like, for example, like Zoom readings of uh, Shakespeare or whatever? Yeah, at least for the time being, I think stuff like that would be better because, um, again, like things aren't normal right now. So I think like as much as I want these TV shows and stuff to get made and like exist in the forms that they did. I think it's less safe, if you get what I mean. You're fine with them being delayed and postponed even longer for the sake of everybody's uh, health and safety. Yeah, honestly. That that that. Uh, okay, yeah, I uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, it 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 is a bit of a dilemma for me because I really want to see you know like uh, all these you know new shows and movies, but. You know, at the same time, I agree with you. You know, I want to, uh, you know, these all these actors and uh, stuff and uh, crew members and all these people that stay safe and uh, social distance and all that. Uh, which is why I think you know it's good that you know they'll have like, uh, you know, like like uh, they'll film like a bunch of stuff they actually filmed all through Zoom. Like, and I'm, I'm not just talking about. I'm not just talking about uh, like, you know, readings of Shakespeare or plays or whatever through Zoom, but I'm also talking about like actual like films, like uh, on Shudder, they released a film called Host, which is, uh, you know, which they filmed all through Zoom. And I don't know if you heard about that. It's about basically these kids who all meet up through Zoom and then they uh, discover they all are basically taken out one by one by this mysterious sinister force, and it was all filmed directly through Zoom. And on yeah, I did a- hear about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it, but you know, I heard about, and I think that the 
the like the concept is pretty cool. Like or how they made it is pretty cool. I don't know about the film itself though. And also they filmed a on HBO. They made a movie also completely through Zoom called uh, Coastal Elites with um, Issa Rae, Ben Midler, uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, uh, Caitlin Dever, and I can't remember. There's a fifth actress that I can't remember, but basically, uh, Coastal Elites, they filmed completely through Zoom, and that's about, like, five, like, random people who are basically talking about, uh, played by these actors who are talking about how the pandemic is affecting them. Yeah, honestly, I love stuff like that, just kind of, like, weird experimental stuff where you're, like, kind of creatively constrained by circumstance. And it's like, I don't know, sorry about my cat, but if you want something weird like that, this is the time to do it when it's, like, less feasible to meet in person. Because, like, any kind of safety measures you're putting in place in, like, a production, I don't know if it's going to be, like, enough and it's got to, like, be a big strain to do, like, social distancing and masks for everyone. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. They, uh, on, on all these productions, they have a, uh, COVID prevention, like, officer. I'm not sure if that's the official title name, but I have a friend that I went to college with that she actually has a job working on these sets, and basically her job is to make sure that everybody's wearing masks, uh, getting tested, getting their temperature taken, social distancing when they can and all that. And uh, basically, and, and also, like, basically, uh, her job is to do all this stuff and also make sure that actors quarantine if they film scenes where they have to be in close proximity. And it's a really stressful job for her. Like, she, she tells me that she works, like, 60 to 80 hour, like, uh, work weeks and she doesn't get much sleep. And, you know, sometimes she'll uh, get actors who are belligerent and, you know, like, don't, you know, aren't as careful. So, yeah, I'm sure it's not, like, easy for her. Yeah, it's got to be difficult, and it's, like, hard to deal with, and, like, not everyone's going to be on the same page. Like, they're going to be like, ah, oh, whatever, and then a lot of people are going to be like, no, I need to be safe. I have a compromised immune system, or I live with someone with a compromised immune system. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. It's yeah, so, yeah, I, I think I do, like, kind of agree with you. That, you know, like, I think that, you know, more, uh, I, I do think that it'd be cool to see, like, more experimental stuff where you can still be creative, but also film from a distance or through Zoom or something like that. But, uh, but you know, there's also a part of me that's like, oh, I really need, like, new content and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, like, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more stuff like Host or coastal elites or there's a netflix show that was also filmed all through zoom called social distance mm -hmm. and um and, and also that uh, documentary that came out back in april or may called tiger king they oh yeah tiger king yeah that that was that was that was like real big uh it, it feels like it came out years ago but it only came out like a few yeah. months ago but uh it feels but, like it's been 84 years yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But uh, they for that one, uh, the documentary is filmed, I think, in like 2018 or 2019 or something like that. But like right after the uh, show premiered on uh, Netflix and it was a big hit, uh, you know, the many of the 
people involved in the documentary were interviewed by Joel McHale through Zoom. So, yeah, you know, like stuff like that. I wouldn't mind seeing more, like, stuff like that. Ugh, Tiger King. Okay. Yes, Josh, those people are just such scumbags, though. Like, the real, the, peop the Tiger King people. A lot of them are just such awful people. It's like, Tiger King was such a wild ride. It's like, yeah. The documentary has everything in it, and none of it's stuff you want. And then there's so many weird twists and turns. And it's like, yeah, I just thought it was going to be a good old-fashioned story about a man abusing some animals, but no. No, it is not. It it's, definitely, it's definitely a lot more than that. It's definitely a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're terrible people, but I, but I don't, but I hope that they're, like, doing okay, like, health-wise. Like, I, I'm not wishing, you know, the virus on them, but I am wishing jail for all of them. I mean, what's his name? The main, the, the actual Tiger King, he got COVID in jail. Oh, really? He did? Joe yeah. Exotic. Yeah, Joe Exotic. He oh, I didn't even COVID, hear about like, that. He got COVID, like, early on. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even hear about that. Dang. Like, honestly, like, COVID is such a weird, like, virus because, uh, you know, you'll have, like, people that get really bad, you know, symptoms, get really sick from it. But mm -hmm. then you'll also have actor, you also have people, actors like Brian Cox and Dwayne The Rock Johnson who get the virus but exhibit zero symptoms. Like, yeah. like both of those actors it, were, they didn't, ha they, uh, they weren't coughing. They weren't, you know, having a fever or shortness of breath, and yet they still tested positive for COVID, so it's weird. Yeah, like, the symptoms can, like, exhibit themselves in a bunch of different ways, and it's like, you don't know who's going to get it or how long you've had it. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which, that, that is, that, that could, that is definitely an argument for uh, what you were saying before, that, you know, maybe production should just halt completely until uh, COVID is over because, you know, like, I mean, we can be as safe as we want, but, you know, there's still, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the uh, productions on the, like, The Witcher and the season two and the Batman and Jurassic World were all, they were all being careful, or at least that's what I would like to believe. But yeah. uh, even just one careless person can lead to, you know, many people getting sick and one person even dying. Yeah, it kind of, it, because it just takes one person not being careful enough, you know, and it's like, people wear masks, but not everyone wears masks correctly. Yeah, but before we stray too far away from talking about, uh, let me ask you, like, do you think that, like, productions... Uh, movie release, movie release schedules, all that will go back to normal in 2021, or do you think that we'll still be dealing with these delays and the pandemic in general going into 2022? Honestly, I think we're still going to be dealing with the pandemic in general in 2022, just because the response hasn't been great so far this year. And that said, it's like, things were improving, but now they're getting worse again. I don't think, and I don't know how long it's going to take to work out the vaccine. I think at least two years. So like from when it started to like 2022, 
I don't think we could help for things going back to quote unquote normal. And like, even when it's normal, like how is this going to affect how we interact so far? It's like things going to digital streaming, like when theaters are open back up again, just because it's what people expect, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and not just like in the movie industry, like other businesses, like delivery for restaurants, like any restaurant that wanted any hope of staying in business had to embrace delivery, even if that's something that they hadn't done before. So it's like, what's normal going to be when things go back to normal? Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think that regardless of when the virus is eradicated and a vaccine is introduced, I still think that for a uh, few months, uh, no, actually, no, this is, no, this is not even like me thinking. This is definitely going to happen where regardless of when, whenever the virus is eradicated a few months afterwards, they're still going to, you know, highly recommend or even enforce masks, social distance, uh, all that stuff, you know, just, just to, you know, just to be safe. And, uh, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, well, the virus is gone and they introduced a vaccine. So why do we have to do this? And, you know, all that craziness so i i think that movie uh to answer my own questions i i think that yeah we're gonna be uh that regardless of whenever the virus is eradicated we're still gonna be dealing with a really weird uh uh, produ uh production uh movie production schedule and movie release schedules for a while uh it, at least into 2022 so yeah, I don't think that things are going to quite go back to quote-unquote normal until 2022 either. I think 2021 is going to be, for the most part, a uh, another like really weird, uh, unpredictable, and stressful year for a lot of people. Especially, like, especially pertaining to what we're talking about today in the uh, movie industry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But did you have, like, any other, like, uh, comments on, like, the state of the movie industry going to 2021? Or did you want to mention, like, any other films coming out that, like, you're looking forward to seeing, hopefully, like, sooner than later? Well, as far as, like, something about the state of the movie industry, I actually wanted to talk to you about this, because you've been, like, virtually attending film festivals. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how's that? That's the COVID experience. How's that experience? So what's, so what's interesting is that this is, the, so I attended uh, two film festivals this year, which this year, it, it's interesting because I've wanted to attend a film festival since like 2018 and I haven't been able to. It, it's funny, it took, it took a pandemic for me to finally be able to attend a film festival. Granted, it was all online. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like uh, I, I wanted, I actually, last year I actually tried to attend the Virginia Film Festival in person in Charlottesville, but uh, like I was uh, talking to my friend about driving there and seeing all these films, but just the scheduling and uh, money wise, it didn't work out. But, uh, but this year I got to attend the Hamptons International Film Festival and the New York Film Festival, uh, not New York, sorry, Virginia. I wish I attended New York but uh, Virginia Film Festival all online. 
And these are my very first film festivals that I attended. And uh, seeing all these films, uh, so basically uh, how it worked is that I basically paid for the tickets online and for both film festivals, there are drive-in theater options and uh, virtual screening options. And I selected all the virtual screening options and then I paid for the tickets. I was emailed uh, directly a, a screener link to these movies. And then I just clicked on the link through the email and then I was able to watch the movies, you know, on my laptop. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, like it, it was, uh, I, I was nice uh, seeing uh, these films, you know, early before they come into theaters uh, or like streaming or whatever. And I enjoyed them, but I will confess, like, there was a part of me that was also like, man, this would have been so cool if I could have actually gone out to uh, Long Island, New York, where the Hamptons Festival is usually held, or like Charlottesville, Virginia, and actually like be in an auditorium and see this uh, these films in a th an auditorium with fellow, you know, like film lovers, fellow cinephiles. Again, repeating what I said earlier, but uh, but but I do think that it was very wise, it's very wise these festivals to do like online, like both like drive-in and virtual screenings and uh, and, and, and uh, drive-in theaters, like uh, drive-in theaters have done much better uh, this year because of the virus and uh, and it'll probably do, uh, continue to, they'll continue to do really well uh, next year because you know, COVID's definitely gonna go on till at least like next year. But yeah, attending a film festival, I, I do really want to, I do want to attend a film festival like in person to get, to get the full like film festival experience. But for my, the Hamptons Film Festival, for my first film festival, you know, it was overall a good experience. And I got to see these films early from the comfort and safety of my own home. Can, it like takes a pandemic to bring drive through theaters back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I I was actually gonna try to go to a, a drive-in uh, theater both last year and this year, but the, the unfortunately the uh, the drive-in theaters are like too far from my house, and I don't have too much money to spare for cash and money, so I decide against it. Uh, I know I'd love to go to one. They're like so interesting. I, I could talk about like the culture that popped up like drive drive-in movie theaters back in the 50s for a long time but that's like very off topic <laughs> but I'm, j I'm just glad they're getting a resurgence in popularity i'm very happy for these theater owners and uh i think that uh i i definitely want to go to a drive-in theater uh, one day uh, hopefully sooner than later but um but i don't mind you know like i don't mind like uh, there, there are these films that are, you know, coming to streaming, like, early, and, you know, I don't mind uh, seeing uh, many of these films from, you know, like, from, like, my uh, laptop. In fact, I actually think that some of these films uh, that went to streaming were, are meant to go to streaming. For example, uh, earlier today, I watched this film that came on Hulu just today called Happiest Season, and it stars uh, Kristen Stewart and uh, Mackenzie Davis as a lesbian couple who go to visit. Um, I yes, I've been wanting to watch that. Okay, sorry. No, it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Don't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to describe the very basic plot.
plot of the movie, which is basically Kristen Stewart plays uh, Abby. Her name's Abby, and her girlfriend's name is uh, Harper, I think, Basically, uh, played by Mackenzie Davis. Basically, Abby is go uh, going with Harper to visit Harper's uh, very conservative uh, family for Christmas, and Harper hasn't come out as gay to her family yet. And so that's a whole, you know, dilemma, and it takes place on Christmas, and uh, I won't say anything else. All I'm going to say is that that movie, to me, if I had seen that movie, if I had paid $15 a ticket to see that movie in the theater, I would have felt like I was ripped off a little. Mm -hmm. But because I only, I pay like, what is it, I think like $10 for Hulu, uh, and I get so much more content, including this movie. I felt like that was a better deal, and I was able to enjoy the movie a little. I feel like I enjoyed the movie a little bit more watching it directly on Hulu rather than if I had seen that movie in a the theater and paid money just for that movie. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, and that reminds me of another thing. Like, you mentioned, like, money and, like, paying $15 to go see it, like, Film tickets have gotten much more expensive, and that's, like, inherently inaccessible. But, like, with COVID, like, happening, we're facing, like, a, an economic downturn. And traditionally, like, during, like, economic depressions, like, purchasing movie tickets, like, the amount purchased goes up, like, a lot. Is like, that sense of, like, escapism, like, people going to theaters for escapism. But with digital, I'm wondering how that's going to affect it. Because it's like, you could still pay like $10 for Hulu and like get much more content right? versus like going out to the movies. I definitely think that, you know, well, this is a conversation that's been going on for a while, even before COVID, you know, yeah. like when streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, all that, there's definitely been a conversation like, oh, are theaters going to die out? Now, before COVID, I would have said, no, theaters are still very relevant. You know, they're still like, look at like how much money Avengers Endgame made at the box office. But thanks to COVID, my opinion has changed a little bit. I think that theaters, I don't think that theaters are going to completely die out, but I do think that there are going to be some theaters that are going to go bankrupt. Like, I do think like before COVID, if you had asked me if AMC... Uh, theaters was going to go bankrupt. I've been one of been like, no, are you crazy? But now, thanks to COVID, I'm like, they're probably going to go bankrupt. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to make the market more competitive. Yeah. And I think if a lot more stuff goes to streaming, it's going to, I don't think it would kill theaters. Like, like we we're talking about like drive-in movie theaters like hung around even though they were very unpopular. Right. So it's, like, things like that, and it's it's paying for more of an experience. I don't know, there's lots of, like, historical parallels where, like, when TV was invented, it killed the film industry, but, like, movies hung around. They just had to adjust. Yeah. But then, like, this is a huge shift suddenly, and it's, like, interesting to see where that's going to go. Right, right, yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, I don't think that theaters are going to die out completely, but the industry is going to change a lot. 
uh, thanks to both COVID and an increase in uh, streaming. And, and also, and even, Disney, and, and even Disney, you know, admitted that they're uh, going forward, they're focusing, putting much more attention on putting stuff like directly onto Disney Plus rather than, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like uh, other mediums. Don't be surprised if like in 2025, we're uh, going to have a, uh, the next upcoming Disney Pixar film. Uh, will not be in theaters at all. Just like Soul, it'll go straight directly straight to Disney Plus or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And it's like I have like no idea where it's gonna go. I mean, I like have some idea, but like I feel like speculating so futile with like the way things have been changing so rapidly. Right. Yeah. Honestly, with COVID, I'm not even trying to predict anymore. I'm just kind of like yeah. just going along with the flow. And uh, if whatever happens, if I like it, I like it. If I don't like it, then I don't like it. Like, I'm not even going to try to predict or set any expectations for uh, just, not just the movies, but just in general with COVID anymore. I'm not going to, I'm just going to be as neutral as possible. Yeah, it's kind of like we're all just along for the ride and we have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, me personally, uh, I think I've said everything that I want to say about like 2020 and like movies and the movie industry. So uh, if you have any like final thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear it. I don't know. I've said like a lot too. I don't think I can add anything without just like repeating points that I've made. Well, yeah. uh, I, well, actually, like one, uh, one last thing I'll say is that uh, I don't think, I think the world will be back to normal by at least like 2023. Uh, I think that uh, theaters will survive, but I do think that, you know, like not just Disney, but a lot of these other companies will definitely put more focus onto streaming. Uh, Even with the virus gone, we're definitely going to be wearing masks for at least a few months after the virus is gone, just, you know, to be careful. And uh, one last, last thing is that I, I think that you'll like Happiest Season. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've seen the trailer and I'm like, I really want to see it. But I'm kind of like waiting till Christmas to like make it special. And then I'm going to watch Happiest Season and Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle, what's that? It's, um, what is it? I think it's coming out on Netflix. I think it has an all-black cast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's an unfortunate rarity for Christmas movies. I know. And, like, who wrote it? It's, let's see. It's uh, directed by David E. Talbert, and it's uh, screenplayed by the same. Let's let's see. The description is, decades after his apprentice betrays him and once joyful toy maker finds new hope when his bright young granddaughter appears on his doorstep. And, like, who's in the cast? It's, um... Forrest Whitaker, Keegan-Michael Key, Madeline Mills. I think she's a new talent. But, like, yeah, it looks interesting. Okay, so it's not, like, an all-black cast, but, like, all-black leads. Well, ho- hopefully it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that that's pretty cool that they're making a Christmas movie with, you know, like, all-black leads. And uh, I really like Forrest Whitaker and Keegan-Michael Key. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you said, uh, so, yeah, Netflix, yeah, I, I mean, I have yeah, Netflix, it's on Netflix, so I'll probably... It's, it's streaming now, so, yeah. 
I'll probably check it out at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, uh, like I said, uh, I, I, I think that you, uh, I think that you and your girlfriend actually will, oh wait, not girlfriend, uh, fiance now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, fiance now. Yeah. So I think that you guys will, it, it's, it's very time. I think it'll be a very enjoyable and timely movie for you to get, watch on uh you know watch happiest season on hulu because also another this isn't a spoiler it, it's in the trailer but another plot point of uh happiest season is that abby is actually gonna was planning on proposing to harper on christmas but harper hasn't even come out to her family is gay yet so what will happen next yo what's gonna happen next i'm so excited like i've been a fan of mackenzie davis for years yeah and kristen stewart of course and like um what dan levy love him <laughs> yeah yeah dan i'm not i'm not gonna say anything about who like dan levy plays or like what he says i will say though that he is the best character in the movie he's, he's like he steals a, he steals a scene yeah yeah like he, he steals every scene that he's in in that movie that's exactly what i want for him <laughs> yeah so yeah, I recommend that uh, you and your girlfriends uh, watch it, and uh, I'll check out Jingle Jangle at some point, and uh, hopefully I'll like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, Happiest Season, was it directed by, who's the director, was it? Clea Duvall. Clea Duvall, yeah. Clea Duvall, she, um, yeah, she's um, like. But I'm a cheerleader, so like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. but I'm a cheerleader with, um. Her and Natasha Leone. I yeah. forgot about that movie. Love that movie. It's so, like, we talked about Wes Anderson before. That's, like, Wes Anderson level of set design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Clea Duvall, she's a great actress. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, I think this, this might be her first movie that she directed. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think uh, so, too. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I thought she did, you know, a decent job. And, uh, I mean, I have issues with Happiest Season, for sure, but, you know, I, overall, I thought it was enjoyable. And uh, Clea Duvall, I hope that she'll direct more. And uh, Kristen Stewart just continues to get, get better, in my opinion. Uh, and she's come a long... She and Robert Pattinson have come a long way from Twilight. Oh, Twilight. <laughs> I probably should rewatch, but I'm a cheerleader at some point, because I can't... I mean, I remember liking it, but I can't remember exactly like everything that happens in that movie so i'm probably gonna rewatch that too at some point oh yeah definitely it's probably like one of my favorites i don't know how to quantify my love for but i'm a cheerleader but mm. it means the world to me yeah 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 i uh i i'll probably i'll probably like uh really like it again when i rewatch it i hope that uh 2020 2021 uh that regardless of what happens, that everybody will, you know, be safe out there, you know, all these actors, crew members, all of them will be careful and safe, and hopefully be smart, and uh, I hope that, you know, we'll still be able to get, like, new, uh, fresh, uh, con original content, despite, you know, the delays and production, uh, postponements, all that stuff, and, uh, yeah, and I hope that uh, 2021 will be at least slightly better than 2020. Yeah, here's hoping to 2021 being better. 
Yeah, here's hoping. So yeah, that has been another episode of uh, Podcast Racing. Uh, Roxy, I want to thank you again for uh, talking, uh, being on the podcast and talking about movies and stuff with me. And I hope that uh, you'll be on the podcast again. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. And uh, all of you out there, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope that you're all doing well, uh, staying safe out there. And uh, I hope that all of you uh, have a really good night as well. Bye.